You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, a band that I have not been able to get enough of since first seeing them live at the Horseshoe Tavern a couple of years back, and that band is LA's very own Starcrawler. Starcrawler are a hard-hitting, high-energy, and fast-paced rock and roll band. They've got a bunch of new material on the way, so we're very excited to have Arrow from Starcrawler with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. We've uh, we've both been big fans of yours for uh, for a long time. Hillary actually got me uh, got me into you, uh, oh. and and we saw we were at your gig at the Horseshoe in Toronto, like what uh, seems like forever ago. So uh, so it's a pleasure. Did that place close? No, Did it's still that? open. Okay, good. Okay, good. It's one I of the few of... that's like still. Okay. Cool. Because I feel like it's like a, it's enough of like a legendary spot at this point that yeah. there's enough kind of people who will. Yeah, I really this. liked that venue when we. That was a really fun show. I liked that venue a lot. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a classic. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to start. We're gonna start off by listening to No More Pennies. Uh, what's the song about? Um, the song is one that the guitar player Henry kind of pulled out of his pocket randomly and he like was like he'd written it on tour like being homesick and stuff and he he like sh- he like showed it to me one day and he's like I, I don't know the lyrics are pretty stupid like I think it I think it's a good song but like I, I don't know it's kind of just like a joke and then I was like okay like we'll play it and then he played it and, and I and I couldn't really at first from the demo hear what the lyrics were and then he wrote them out and I was like I don't know like they were really good like there's nothing he was like you know you can change anything and I was like I don't I don't know what I would change like these lyrics are actually good like you know so I don't really I feel weird talking about song meanings when it's a different members kind of like song you know what I mean I mean I have I love that song and I definitely have a strong relationship to it because I sing it and kind of have my own like weird meaning of the lyrics but i can't really speak too much on on his behalf about it because he he wrote the majority of them so yeah what's that process like for you just finding the meaning to add to a song where you didn't necessarily write the lyrics yeah um yeah because we have a few like that like most of them i've like we both have we'll just like start we'll just like okay let's write a song today and then we'll just like kind of both write all write the shit or like i'll come up with some random lyrics and bring them to a practice that right. doesn't really have like a melody or anything to it and we'll like you know piece them in and stuff but then there are those times when henry or or tim sometimes will like bring a song <clears throat> and like sometimes we do i am like you know because i i am gonna if i don't like something i'm not gonna like be nice like i'll be like hmm I like this, but that lyric's stupid, and then we'll change right. it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll think of something else for that, like, one part. But then there are those times where, like, he'll bring a song, and I'm like, this is great. I mean, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that genuinely if I didn't think it. So, right. um, you know, and then I don't really, like, you know, he'll say what it's about, or, like, he won't, and then I'll be like, is this about, you know, right, right, right. blah, 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 and he'll be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I can kind of, sometimes I can kind of tell, but that one, it kind of really, it just reminds me of being on tour, not necessarily on tour, but you could, you know, just being out of town for a long ass time and missing that, like, one person. You know, you miss, like, a bunch of people, but you only really, like, miss, like, one person, either it's, like, you know, your friend or your your partner or your whatever, I don't know. And uh, I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of just like like an endless disappointment. Right. But, but like, you know, like waiting to see someone or something. I don't know. 
yeah. that's a that's a kind of shitty description of it. No, but. no, that's, <laughs> but but if if it's meaningful, then it's meaningful. Um, so yeah. I, I want to go back to something that you said, like th- this notion that you're just kind of like pretty blunt. If you think something mm. sucks, you'll 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 say it sucks, and 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 that means mm. that when you say it's great, they know it that you mean it. Um, yeah. Has that always been the case, or is that something that you had to build up to? I don't really know. You know, I think it's kind of always been like that. I mean, it's not like I'm like one of those people that's like rude, you know, Right. you know, about like, I, I, I mean, if I know if it's like my bandmates, I'll say it. However, I'll be like, you know, I'm not going to be like super nice about it because we don't have to be, and we don't take it. We don't take right. things personally like that, you know? Um, but if I don't know the person that well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, if they ask me an opinion, but I'm not going to be like, it sucks or, you know, <laughs> something all yeah. aggressive. But, but I, I kind of always have been without meaning to when I was little too, like kind of brutally honest, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've had to learn how to not, how to like read the room in certain situations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes people will take offense to be like, does this look bad? And I'll be like, yeah. And then they don't actually want the real answer. They just want. Yeah. They're like um, fishing for a compliment. The nice one. And that's how I am though. I'm kind of a hypocrite. Cause if I'm asking, like I'll ask my boyfriend Gilbert, does this look good? And he's, he's the same way where he'll like, really he'll say what, what he means. And he'll be like, not really. And then I'll be like, oh, like, I just want you to say, <laughs> I want him to say it did. Cause so I could feel better about it. <laughs> Right, I hear you.
So I want to get uh, I want to get into the songs that you picked. Uh, first up is uh, Knoxville Girl by the Lemonheads. A great like I think they were like a '90s era punk band from Boston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what do you yeah. like about the Lemonheads? I love. I mean, this one's like I picked a cover, which is a weird one to do because I don't know. I mean, I I'll get into that in a second. But I I am a huge Lemonheads fan. Um, I just love his songwriting and his voice and I don't know so many good songs very underrated band you know Evan Dando doesn't have the best reputation I'm not like you know hugely standing him as a person or anything Mm -hmm. but the fucking music when Juliana Hatfield was in the band especially so good the songwriting is just immaculate and I don't know I've just I've been super into them for a while that especially the whole album it's a shame about ray the like the bonus the whatever deluxe edition has all the demos and the Mm -hmm. demos from that album are like a lot of them are better than the actual recordings like they're Mm -hmm. amazing um but i picked this song because i was gonna pick the lubin brothers knoxville girl Mm -hmm. because i've been listening to a lot of murder ballads lately but then i decided to pick his cover of it because it's so cool and he made it sound like a lemonhead song right and this and the song itself is so fucked up it's just like you know one of those classic country songs about killing your girlfriend or whatever um and it's probably the gnarliest one like the the, all the other ones are kind of vague and kind of they're all kind of the same but knoxville girl the lyrics are really graphic and really get into the nitty-gritty but it's a beautiful song and um yeah i mean i don't know i've just been a country fan for a while and i made a whole playlist of murder ballads so what is it like that this is the first time i've heard that particular genre categorization what is uh is it literally what it sounds like yeah it was very common in like like old old country music like there's a bunch of the songs that a lot of them you it's kind of unclear who originally did it. It's like one of those things where it would be like old, like sheet music and stuff like right. that. And uh, women, female country musicians also, it was like both, it wasn't just like men, it was like women sing about like, you know, they find their husband cheating on them and they murder him. Right, right. And then the guy version is like, usually they get wasted and end up murdering their girlfriend. They regret it and go to jail that's like kind of it's weird it's like the girls version is so much more badass (laughs) Um, but yeah i don't really know how it came about i think it's just you know living in the south back then was seemed really fucking scary so i don't know i guess they wrote songs about it Uh, um and there's a ton of them i mean i can link you to a playlist i've been working on it's not really done yet though but there's so many old country murder ballads there's also if you just look on spotify you look up murder ballads people make playlists to them already because there's so many of them and they're also beautiful songs too like it's crazy uh another one of my favorites is down in the willow garden it's a really old one right Um, everly brothers did it but the carter family one which isn't on spotify but you can find on youtube is really eerie and really like so good it's so beautiful but really like scary too. Yeah. So. Dang, that's uh, I'm going to have to go deep in this. I feel like yeah. it's going to be like my next thing that I'm just going to become obsessed with. That's so tight. Um, yeah. I want to ask you about just cause this is a cover um, and you y'all did a Ramones cover for um, uh, Pet Cemetery. I I'm just kind of curious about just like, since we're talking about covers, how did you, how did you approach that? And, and how did you sort of, you know, covering songs is always tricky, right? Because, and I think you alluded to this yeah. with, with the Lemonhead song. It's like you, you want it, you want to make it sound like a Lemonhead song, or you mm-hmm. know, a Starcrawler song, or whatever song, but um, but still kind of maintain that uh, that core essence that made the song what it is. How, how how do you approach covering songs? Um, well, for that one, originally as a band, I like never wanted to do like any covers, like at least right. recorded. I just, I don't know. 
or if I did, I wanted it to be some kind of weird deep track or something, you know, but, but I, but when the people from the pet cemetery movie, like they hit us up and asked to do it for the remake. And I was like, I mean, that's pretty cool just because the Ramones wrote it for the movie originally. And then to have, I guess, you know, because the remake is, they switched the the main to be a little girl instead of a boy. So then they wanted like a new, like female fronted rock band or whatever to do it. And I was like, I don't know, that's pretty cool to do it for the movie. And then it'll be like, you know, out on Spotify and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do really like our version of it. I think we were able to make it sound like, like us and not just like a, like a shittier version of their song. Right. Um, but to it went like approaching it i guess i don't know i honestly it's kind of just like henry's guitar tone and then my voice and we i mean there's very there's very certain ways we we like things to sound in the mix and just when hen when the band plays the song it already doesn't sound like the song anymore like right. it kind of just naturally like we kind of like just take it as if it was our own and like, you know, I'll change weird little, little vocal like dips and stuff to make it sound more like, like one of our songs as opposed to just trying to do everything that, that, uh, that uh, Joey did, you know, it's almost like you're just like not overthinking it. You're kind of just like, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Just kind of like, giving it that kind of lax feel i kind of wanted it to sound like a mix between like that 80s ramones production and like like whole like celebrity skin like you know what i mean yeah yeah like a like really female feeling to it as opposed to how the original sounds like which the original is always going to be like the best obviously but um, I wanted to feel like, I don't know, when you listen to like Hole or like, I don't know, L7 or something like you, it feels like, I don't know, as like a young girl, you can like, like you like feel the, I don't know, the music or like, I don't know, relate to it in some way. I wanted, yeah, yeah, totally. I wanted it to have that feeling, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
right, so next up is uh, Daisy Chainsaw with uh, Dog with Sharper Teeth. Um, this is a band that I was not aware of. Um, just doing a little bit of research, though, before this interview. Um, and, and, like, forgive me if this is, like, an unfair characterization, but their their look seems very similar to Starcrawler's. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, okay, so a funny story about then is that my one of my best friends slash roommates she lives like right above me her uncle is a guitar player from daisy chainsaw oh no way yeah and uh so that's actually how i knew about them is from like i would go over to her house and like see the posters in her like mom's place and then we played a show with with crispin's new band in london he's so sweet and then i just really started getting into their music and i was like whoa she has like ratty hair too, but like it yeah. looks so much better than mine. Um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't get into their music until like a little more recently, but I knew who they were. And that album has like so many good, like weird ass freaky songs. And she had such a good stage presence too. Like mm-hmm. she pretty much like if you watch live videos, she's just like, I don't know how she does it. Cause like, I, I mean, I feel like I am constantly like, kind of moving crazy but i still will like have to like take a break and like stand mm-hmm. around around but if you watch like videos of her she's non-stop gyrating just like vibrating like just like fucking shaking all over the place and she doesn't ever take breath that's crazy and she sounds really good too yeah it's it's really cool to watch like those old youtube videos of them because they i don't know they per- performed really well but um i think they only have like one or two albums though yeah. Is there anyone else that you draw inspiration? I mean, so I'm, I'm assuming then that you, that you draw a great deal of inspiration from her just, you know, as a mm-hmm. front woman, is there anyone else that would sort of make that list? Yeah. Um, Alice Cooper was a, a big one um, because I like the gyrating and all that, but then I like, I do like having those moments of, of standing there and looking at the crowd I would watch old Alice videos and he always would like punch, punch to the beat. Like when the cymbals crashed, it would be like, he would like, you know, move his hand be like, and it just has a sort of like power that, that you give like over the audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's like godly. So I kind of drew a lot of inspiration from him and from Shri Curry as well, because she did a lot of that too. But yeah, before we like when we were starting the band, I would I would go on YouTube and just like study, honestly, just like just like I would I would watch like because they have like full tours like you can watch like like Ozzy Bark at the Moon like tour like in fucking I don't know, L.A. or whatever. And you you could you can see like the whole show from front to back, you know, as opposed to just watching one song where you actually get to see okay how does like how do they like interact in between songs or like how do they like do i don't know there's so much more than to just like the simple moves in a song there's like there's so much you have to take into accountability because you don't want to ever look like you're uncomfortable up there right you know what i mean to me that's like the worst thing is just being like looking like you're like you're uncomfortable or awkward or like kind of sh- shy or something, which I'm sure yeah. I have before. But so I, I don't know. I'd always try to watch and be like, they never look, you know, what do they do to do that? And be like, yeah. I feel like, you know, like Ozzy doesn't really talk a lot in the crowd. He'll just kind of like turn his back in between song and like, you know, just kind of, or an Alice Cooper will just like hold a pose or something. And then I don't know. It's interesting. So I, I would just watch like full tours from those bands kiss too. Um, and then I would watch like weird videos of like, like old footage from like mental asylums. Wow. <laughs> like MK ultra type, like experimentation. Well, when we first started, I was, I would wear a hospital gown and I wanted kind of my whole thing to just be really like as scary as like possible. So I would just watch like horror movies and like 
Japanese horror movies like um like The Grudge and like stuff like that and then uh like Ringu and I would watch like um yeah on YouTube I would just look up like 1960s like some random like hospital or something and like watch and just watch how like they would move and stuff because like in movies they always overdo it they always are like they're always like you know what I, I don't know they always overdo it so much and i like there's certain mannerisms that are like i don't know it's a lot it's a lot more more calm than than you think but there's just certain like body movements and like mannerisms that like i don't know that that i i wanted to kind of get down but but that that was like when we first started and then once we started touring i just you know because i was kind of nervous i was like i hadn't really like performed like that before i was just like planning to do it from the first show and i did and then once we started playing i was like okay i kind of get like what i like i didn't really need to watch anything after that because i could you know, I developed my own thing and yeah. figured out how I like to do it. But yeah, so like internalized it and made it your own. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so next up is uh, Kiss Me L.A. by uh, Angel. Is it Angeline or Angeline? Angeline. Angeline, okay. This woman seems, like, my understanding is that she was just, like, a like an icon of the 80s. Like, was on, like, a bunch of billboards and stuff like that. Like, big hair and all that. Like, yeah. um, what do you uh, what do you like about this tune? Okay, so Angeline, no one will know unless you're from L.A. because... I mean, maybe now because there's going to be like some weird Netflix show about her or something. So it'll probably become like more, I don't know, known maybe. But she has been like basically like the queen of like L.A. since, yeah, since the 80s. Um, 
she's like literally before before any like Paris Hilton or like Kim Kardashian or any of them like in the 80s she was the very first person to be famous for nothing right um and she would have these like men like sugar daddies i guess essentially or like husbands or whatever that would pay for her to have billboards of her all around hollywood and la and still does and it's just her like looking hot and it says angeline and that's it right and so and then she drives around la like all day and her like she always has a brand new pink corvette um since the 80s she's had a pink corvette and she just drives around LA. So then every time, every time you see her, it's like good luck or something. And once I got to ride in the car with her, I won a contest. No. <laughs> and I, I got to ride in her pink Corvette with her around Hollywood, and she was playing me her music, and I was like, fuck, I didn't know. And it was her, it was music from the '80s too. Like she had, she made like weird punk music. Yeah. And like kind of synth punk or something. I don't know, it's, but it's so fucking cool. Like she was playing it for me, and she played me. Um, this song in her car, Kiss Me LA. And it kind of sounds like an X song. Like, it's, to me, it sounds like X. It sounds so West Coast, like, punk, but it's obviously not produced well at all. Like, right. but that's also why it's cool. And she's just, now she's, like, old, but she's still, like, just looks so, like, hot all the time and has, like, huge hair. And I'll see her, like, I once saw her at the grocery store by my house just filling her cart up with candy. Like, just can't like hard candy it was like so amazing it's like everything i aspire to be um and no one knows anything about her other than that she's still she's like so mysterious but supposedly there's going to be like a documentary on her coming out on netflix or something so i'm really excited to watch that but she has like she has like a lot of really good weird songs yeah she's on spotify too yeah it's it's super funny. That's crazy. Um, like, you know, like yeah. we've got like a few kind of like weird, ver like weird things like that in Toronto where it's kind of like these, these local legends that are just, yeah. that are just kind of vaguely mysterious. Like we had this guy named Zanta, like with a Z um, or Z uh, mm. who just like walks around, like no shirt on, even in the winter, just like a pair of shorts and just does push-ups everywhere and stuff like that. But like, I don't know, just something, this seems like way cooler, like <laughs> a shirtless Santa doing push-ups. Yeah. I think part of it is also, you know, like LA and Hollywood. Because from what I have, the little I have been able to find about her is that she, like, I think her parents immigrated from like Poland or something like after World War II. So she has a crazy, she has to have a crazy story, but yeah. um, she doesn't like anyone knowing like or for a while like i don't know it's, it's weird but i think part of like la and hollywood is that it attracts so many people that like come here for some dream that they have and like sometimes it works out but most of the time it doesn't and then they become an entity you know what i mean there's yeah. so many like kind of like people like that in la that you'll just see there's so many like weird locals that you know you'll just see like around hollywood like her for a while there's this other guy um i forget what his name uh dennis uh woodruff Wood right. something like that and he was like a weird like he like would make these movies that were like super shitty and hand them out on the street like on dvds and i i bought one of them once and it was fucking amazing like it's just like the shittiest like weird little like alien movies that he would make and he'd drive around he has all these like different crazy cars and he'd drive around and it's just like so many of those people reminds me a bit of like tommy they... wiseau from the room yeah exactly yeah like those kinds of people like you know because i think they come here for a reason and then realize they can't do it but they still they still you know find a way to make themselves known you know i mean yeah. even if it's just in la it's it's a big
next up we've got uh, Judas Priest. Uh, with you've got another thing coming. Um, my understanding, you know, is that tunes like this, you know, we've already talked about, uh, and perhaps it's unfair of me to lump them in the same category, but like we we've talked about like Ozzy and Alice Cooper and ju- just that kind of like era of like metal and hard rock you know, having a huge influence on you. Um, what do you like about uh, Judas Priest and what about Judas Priest in your mind sets, sets them apart from that kind of, uh, that era? Well, Judas Priest. Okay. So I don't know. I don't have like a lot to say about them because for a while I was super into like just like hair metal. Right. Which is like used most people's least favorite genre of, right. if not of music, of metal. Yeah. But I'm one of the very few that love it. Motley Crue is like one of my favorite bands. I should have put them on, but yeah. I kind of, I'm I'm a little burnt. And so now I've been listening to more Judas Priest, and I mean this is like a basic song, of course, but I was always kind of like didn't really give pay them as much mind because the dude was bald and and their music is hard as fuck but i don't know i kind of just didn't like really, i was like yeah choose priest i don't know whatever it's good but then like lately i've kind of been on a like weird kick and i've been listening to more Judas priest and appreciating it more but they're they're a lot they're like more in the category that like i don't know helped form like bands like like metallica or like you know like they were like the the root of inspiration for like those kinds of metal bands like iron maiden and stuff like that or like that's that's like i guess heavy metal you know like metal like it's not really in the same vein as like uh motley crew or like twisted sister or like those bands or even alice cooper i mean that's that's not metal that's like rock like hard Mm -hmm. rock and um kissing those bands those bands are like the inspiration for all the metal bands that became inspiration for all the shitty metal bands (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so they're i've just been getting a lot more into the kind of like i don't know for a while i was kind of into hair metal because it's pretty much like pop songs with guitar solos and like hot boys um and i don't know i mean to be on to be fair though molly crew's first album is a great rock record like i wouldn't even really consider it hair metal yet because their first album they kind of just wore all black and like they had their hair kind of teased but they're like had like all the pentagrams and they're all like in like leather and shit and that first album is kind of raw and like some of the songs like that aren't aren't the hits are like kind of shitty but like in a cool way it's like like kiss's first album also is like super underproduced i guess i would say just kind of raw and like sounds like they're just playing live like in the studio i don't know kind of messy but in a good way um those are that's my favorite kiss album too so yeah i don't know yeah, it is kind of cool, like, when you see um, bands that kind of go through that progression, like, just, um, especially, like, with, like, kind of harder rock bands in the 80s, like, one that kind of always comes to mind for me, like, when talking about this sort of stuff is Rush, like, that first album was just, like, yeah. so stripped down, and then mm-hmm. it got increasingly, but they, I mean, like, they were kind of a different breed, though, like, they never really went into, like, the hair metal thing, but certainly just becoming. Yeah, well, the thing is with Rush is that they would have, okay, you know, Neil Peart is cool and all, but he, the reason why they became like a nerd metal, I don't even know if you could call them metal, but like, like a nerd rock, like metal yeah. band is because of Neil Peart. Like yeah. he wrote all the, the hits and I mean, he's an amazing, you know, songwriter and musician and stuff, but it kind of, that's like, you know, that's kind of the rush era where you're a little like, you know, like Tom Sawyer, like, like, you know, but I love that first rush album with the original drummer who was yeah. you know just some schmuck but yeah. the, john rutsey yeah the, the fucking song working man that song is so good so yeah. fucking good and super underappreciated um yeah i love that first album i like i mean 
you know, I, I like some. Of, I like that like, fly by night. You know, that's kind of stuff. <laughs> but but I definitely get what you're saying. Story. Like, if you're yeah. not like into that sort of shit, like even now, like like I used to love it when I was like in high, and I still do love it. Like when yeah, I was in high too. school, and I was like. Oh, I'm so smart. Like, yeah, I know what the Fountainhead is because of this yeah. Rush album. Like, whatever. Like, but now I do kind of listen to it, and it's just like, like what you own is your own kingdom. What you do is your own voice, and I'm kind of just like, Ugh, like that. Yeah, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, God bless Neil Peart because uh, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be playing drums or anything like that without him. Of course.
Next up, we've got uh, a relatively new tune by uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah. Backwoods Barbie. Why? Why this tune? Um. Well, I don't have a great story for this, but I wanted to put Dolly on there, and I really recently. I don't even know how I how I got into this song because I haven't listened to the rest of that album. But I think I was just on a weird Dolly kick, and I was just like, I've been like kind of sick of everything I've been listening to, so I'll just like listen to some random shit that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to that. I just like the. I was like, "Fuck, backwards Barbie!" Like that's such a good song name. Like I wish I thought of that. And then I was like, this "Better be a good song." And I listened to it, and it's such a good song. Like, oh my god, I can't get out of my head. And it has that new country production or whatever. But I, I'm a sucker for country. Even the shitty, weird radio country, like I, I don't know. It's kind of good, um, and I love the lyrics in it because I just love how Dolly is just. I don't. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Like one of the best Dolly quotes is, um, "It takes a lot of money to look this cheap." You know what I mean? Right. Because she, her image is like she wants to look like that kind of like tacky. Yeah. bimbo-y look but what people don't realize is that the extensions or the wig that's probably like three thousand bucks every time she gets those put in or whatever her wigs made like that those are really nice wigs those are fucking expensive her fucking boob implants those probably cost a fucking fortune yeah. you know everything adds up but it's like she like she doesn't fucking pretend like it's all like she's all natural like some good girl you know what yeah. i mean and really she's a fucking saint like she's probably like one of the best people on this planet oh my god yeah just like all you the money that I mean? she's given to like covid vaccines and shit like that. i know it's crazy like it's like and i read there's another thing where they wanted to put a statue of her up in nashville or something yeah or in her hometown or something like that and she was like she declined it she like made a thing being like you know in, in these times I think there's a lot more pressing issues going on than mm. putting up a statue of me. And while I appreciate it, I just don't think right now is the best time. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Like, what? Like, it's just it's just crazy. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even be that good of a saying if they wanted to put a staff, I'd be like, fuck, yeah. Like, yeah, I was going to say it takes <laughs> a special type of person to turn down that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God damn. Like, she's just she's, literally should be the president. I don't know. Just a simple country girl I wanted to be pretty More than anything in the world Like Barbie are the models In the Frederick's catalog From rags to wishes in my dreams I could have it all I'm just a backwards Barbie Too much makeup 
All right, so we're uh, we're nearing the end now, and uh, the most recent single that Starcrawlers put out, uh, I need to know. We're gonna wrap up with that. Uh, before I start, I get you to like plug your you know whatever socials or anything like that. Uh, what can you what can you tell us about this song? Uh, so this was another one, kind of similar to how Pet Cemetery came about, where um, every year on uh, Tom Petty's birthday they do like a like since he passed they do like a thing where bands will cover a a song of his for his Mm -hmm. like radio station on xm and last year i think it was last year we did it but it was it wasn't like this it was just like they we took like an iphone video and then sent it in Mm -hmm. or something like that and posted it or something like something like that it was a lot more lax but then this time they wanted to do more of a different thing where the bands would actually like record the song and then they would play the song on the radio station Mm -hmm. on his birthday and stuff. And then we did ours and my boyfriend had just done a video with Mike Campbell. And so we were like, you know, it might be kind of ballsy, but like, like let's ask him if he'd be down to like do it with us. Right. right. (laughs) And he was actually like I didn't think he was gonna be, but like he was down. Uh, so that was really cool. So he played guitar and did the the backup harmonies on the chorus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it was COVID, so we did it. Like he he did it and filmed it at his home studio and sent it in, and then right, we right, did right. it at a different studio. But it's still really fucking cool to be able to cover a Tom Petty song with with Mike Campbell. So. Yeah. Um, so we decided we, we weren't originally even going to put it on Spotify or anything. And then we were like, I mean, we probably should like, yeah, why not? It's pretty good. So, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of all I have to say about it because, you know, it's not like, it's not like a single single, you know, it's not like, yeah. like a new star caller song, but it's still like a cool little thing we did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hear you. Um, all right. So, um, Thanks again so much for taking the time. Like such a pleasure. And um, yeah, before we uh, before we wrap up, uh, where can the people check you out? What can they expect to hear from you? Anything like that? Um, you can check us out on Instagram, MySpace. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we're working on a new album. We're about to record it. Um, not going to say much more than that because I don't like giving anything away whatsoever but you can you definitely can't expect some new music from us in the future (laughs) (laughs) i can't say when but soon enough yeah all right well we're happy to hear it thanks very much to arrow for joining us this week as always you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com and uh, if you can don't forget to drop us a like or a review because it really helps us out the show is produced by myself and hillary johnston all social media and marketing materials are done by Petra walker theme music is composed by duncan briggs and sugar glass and to wrap up this week's show this is Starcrawler with i need to know 